0: This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice, so please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not We've got a few recovery periods, we have your back, and we're all your new best friends. So, come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join, and the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the HA Podcast. Um, We have... I guess it's both Ashley and I, that's why I say we. Ashley and I are both here today interviewing um, to hear the recovery story of Kaylin. Uh, Welcome to the show, Kaylin.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before we press record, um, so I I don't actually know your story in depth, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of going to be hearing it for the first time. Ashley knows it, and so is probably has a bunch of things that she like wants. She's excited for you to share. Yeah. Um, but it it was implied that this is she's like this is going to be an amazing story. <laughs> so now my expectations are through the roof. Um. So, Kaylin. Welcome to the show, and I would love to kick off by just telling the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, your stats, age, things like that. Um, Who are you?
1: (laughs) A big question. Um, I am 15 years old. I just moved from Connecticut to Las Vegas, and um, yeah, I enjoy yoga. I like crafting. I like music. I like dancing. Many things. I don't know. I'm kind of a freak when it comes to research. I love new knowledge. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty much obsessed with cyclical living at this point.
0: <laughs> okay. So there's not going to be a ton of 15 year olds. I don't know. Are they like, maybe they're listening because,
2: you know, I was just saying this, like, I was like, what if this is the future of the next generation at 15 in high school being like hold up I do want to cycle there's more to cycling
1: yeah I hope so
2: <laughs> yeah well early early on in the podcast like episode
0: six or something I have a 16 year old
1: yes Chloe I, Bambini,
0: I believe yeah and, and I remember I was like so new to podcasting, and I was all just like, "So, is the drama in American High School like the same <laughs> as it is on TV?" It, you know, <laughs> that's what I was interested. I heard
1: in. that podcast episode. I loved. I completely resonated <laughs> with her story. I thought it was so funny that you asked that.
0: Yeah, I remember <laughs> it. I'm like, I what side? I'm completely fascinated by the American School experience. So I always ask. I'm always like. <laughs> did you go to like pep rallies <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I'm really interested in it so we won't get sidetracked by that but so that's cool so you have a lot going on I feel like when I was 15 I was like about to finish high school and just like boys or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool okay so what what happened you're on the HA podcast. You obviously yes. had HA at some point. You're obsessed with cyclical living. Like, what <laughs> happened?
1: Um, I mean, my whole life changed. I don't know. So, I mean, I can go for my the beginning of this journey if you'd like. We'd love uh, that. Okay.
0: Sorry, I had a mouthful uh, of cof-
1: coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think of the beginning or the start of my journey when, at the beginning of 2020, I had this. Urge to take care of my mental health more. I was so tired of like years of depression and anxiety and PTSD. So I remember I was researching the correlation between the brain and gut health in hopes of like answers, trying to change my mental state by making lifestyle changes. And in retrospect, I'm not surprised, but more so disappointed that even in my extensive research, Nowhere did I ever see mentions of the menstrual cycle or cycle sinking at all, which I feel like could have saved me a lot of heartache if I was aware of the impact of your cycle back then. <laughs> but um anyways, I'm homeschooled, so I pretty much had all the time in the world to obsess over food and calories and exercise. Mm. Um, and I began incorporating um, daily movement into my routine at the beginning of 2021. And um, I found a genuine love for yoga. I changed up some of my food choices. I was eating um, things like more protein and fats and plants, all good intentions at first, honestly, but I still always felt inadequate, like I should be doing more. I had this constant worry of being quote unquote unhealthy, which hindered a lot of my progress and my well-being, But I look at this now as merely like the way we've been conditioned to think about health here in the West, like it can become toxic to your system if you're not aware of it, for me at least. But um, this is when I, yeah, I felt this thing, like I had to prove my worth. I was always fighting to convince myself that I was worthy of simply existing because at the time Existing and just being in the moment didn't seem like enough. Like, I always should be doing something and chasing the next big thing. But um, practicing yoga and being meditative and anything I did, especially helped with this. But unfortunately, the part of me that would tell me I'm not good enough got the better of me. And that's when I discovered cardio <laughs> and towards the end of 2021. And honestly, when I lost, The sense of magic that kind of came along with why I began that journey in the first place, it was no longer fun. And so I think I've always had an HA mindset, and it only became full fledged HA when I began acting on those thoughts by excessively exercising and restricting my food, finally developing a pretty severe eating disorder, orthorexia. Um, Yeah, and I've always had body image issues for as long as I can remember, since early, early childhood. And um, always thought I was overweight, so I would, which I never was in my life. So I convinced myself that if I stopped this routine of what I thought was healthy, you know, like heavily exercising, and I always thought I was overeating, so I would cut down my food intake as much as possible. I thought if I stopped this routine for even a second, this very disciplined routine, my depression would come back instantly. I would gain weight instantly. And I was more scared of that than anything because I know how easily I can kind of fall into that slump and become addicted to that just as easily as I became obsessive over exercise. And next thing you know, it was like walls up. Nobody could interrupt my eating times, my workouts. I'd shut out my family, the world, rationality. (laughs) And most importantly, like the sacredness of my womb for doing what society deems acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was so, so fearful. And after years of My autonomy, not being all completely mine and taken advantage of, finally being out of that harmful situation for good, I craved control over everything. Like I thought that was the sole definition of individual power and it was attractive. It was something easy. I used it to cope with the fact that I'd never had it until then. Like I had to make up for never having it as if it was like a gift to myself, hence the extremely regimented lifestyle. But um, I lost my cycle at the beginning of 2022 after just over a month of doing hip cardio workouts. I became more restrictive by working out twice a day. uh, Yeah, twice a day for three hours altogether, five days a week and continued Restricting my food until eventually I adopted a vegan diet, only eating two meals a day and not eating after 5 p.m. So fasting as well. And within six months, I dropped. I'm guessing about 38 pounds. I never weighed myself, but for reference, I'm 5'1", and my starting weight was around 135. So after losing weight, I'm at about. I was at about 97 to 99 pounds. And then of course, on top of all of this, kind of the mental, emotional part, stress of all of this was suppressing like years worth of trauma from just coming up to the surface. And I ultimately became so unconfrontational to my mind and my body. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I didn't think much like of it at all. I didn't think much of my missing period. And I was even excited at first to get what felt like a break from my repetitive mm. experience with like debilitatingly painful periods in the past. So I'd often joke about how I didn't have a period. And of course, like I certainly did not connect it <laughs> to the fact that I was operating in such a stressed and restricted, out of balance lifestyle. And then in June of 2022, I felt this urge like in the base of my stomach to delve deeper into exploring my feminine energy. In yeah, and then in retrospect, I actually look at this time now as when there was a genuine urge to take charge of my health. It didn't seem like it was myself who wanted this, like my, the faux self that I, I had created definitely didn't want this for me, but it felt so much deeper and most importantly. Safe, so I went with it, and I mean, I found deep, deep reverence for the divine feminine, and discovered and loved how integrated the menstrual cycle was in living in alignment with our bodies. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, I was like, wait, I am admiring this thing as if it's I like mythology have. or folklore yeah. when I could have it, like, it was my birthright to bleed and to be cyclical. And so I wanted to bleed more than ever. Like uh-huh. I was listening to a podcast, "Fundamental Feminine Wisdom" with Melissa Sanger. I highly recommend. Um, where I discovered the female athlete triad or red S, and I was like crying, panicking, and shaking with fear for what this meant. I felt so many things. I felt betrayed. Like everything I. ever knew was wrong that I had failed my body and my womb and then I remember one day in particular it was a Thursday night I was trying to get to sleep and I was so so frustrated and my heart was racing like my heart was beating so fast I could feel it in every inch of my body and it was there that I actually became aware of just how frail and weak my body really was and then the next morning I decided to not work out which was a torturous decision. And I just spent the day like questioning everything. I asked myself, like, what was I doing? Why was I knowingly abusing myself, never giving myself Mm. time to rest? I finally confronted the fact that I had a full-blown eating disorder and was extremely underweight. I was sobbing for hours, like hours on end, and then I eventually decided, I was like, okay, it's over, and I voiced that to myself, I said it out loud, I was like, okay, it's over, that I would no longer do cardio, and it's a bigger deal than it seems for us HA women, <laughs> um, and then shortly after I began, oh yeah, I began researching more, Um, on HA and discovered Danny and the HA Society on YouTube and officially wanted to pursue this uncomfortable, (laughs) amazing, very much worth it journey of recovery. And then, yeah, within four months of all in coaching with Ashley, I completely rearranged my life and mindset and I'm continuing to do so and I bled a healthy bleed. And now I'm here, I'd say, reborn into my feminine essence. We're working on ovulatory cycles. And then also I'm currently on my second recovery period as we speak. Nice. Yeah. Ah, I need to send you a mug. I have you on my (laughs) list. Oh my gosh, I would love that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. There's so much in this. I can see why Asha was like, oh, just wait till you like talk to <laughs> Um, What I want to know is how you... Uh, okay, at what point when you were like, you were figuring out, you're obviously very tuned in. You're obviously absorbing a ton of information. <laughs> and it sounds like you just made decisions and then did the decisions. So... What pots were challenging? Like what pots yeah. were hard
1: Well, I mean, it was like my world turned upside down, so pretty much everything. But um, specifics, I'd say was confronting the fact that I'd pretty much been lied to, <laughs> like that you know these these things that are promote like about food, especially, that were promoted um this false idea of health through the diet diet culture and diet industries. Um, And so confronting that like was super surreal because I mean, I had completely kind of changed who I was for that. And it was like, I created this whole faux self. I mean, like for example, I grew up eating everything especially Filipino food. It was my childhood and so suddenly I grew up a bit and become a little more aware of the world. And nowhere did I ever see ethnic or cultural foods being promoted as beneficial. A lot of the time they were demonized. And so you're just told to eat broccoli and chicken breast instead. <laughs> and so coming back to eating the foods I grew up with, especially coming out of a vegan diet and my Lola's cooking was so, something so special that I've gained in recovery. And I just know my child self is like, so, so happy every time I eat my culture's food. So, yeah, the food just relearning how to eat has been so difficult and so amazing at the same time. It feels like permission, like I fully have permission to eat what I want. And then also listening to my body. Like, I went all the way on one side of all like a huge bowl of be- veggies, barely any mm-hmm. fats, barely any protein, barely any carbs. And then kind of got so sick of cooking I would eat takeout and now I'm finding my healthy medium in the Mm. middle. I'm like, okay, I feel sick eating that and I'm completely undernourished eating that. So here's what I actually like. So yeah, overcoming a lot of my false beliefs and ideations behind food was probably the hardest part. Because I could I mean I could stop moving at any point. Like tell me to not work out okay like Kind of a whole routine to get it started, but eating is something you have to do every day, non-negotiable. So that was the hardest part, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like you have to do it a bunch of times throughout the day. You (laughs) are confronted with it. You can't just like take a day off thinking about it. In in some senses, so what was there any elements of it in the beginning or even up until now that you sometimes feel even push back on like mentally what do you do you ever still question any part of this or are you just completely like life changed I'm I'm (laughs) Um, starting to I'm gonna preach I'm gonna start the cult kind of thing
1: literally um (laughs) yeah but now in my life I can I'm so happy to say that I completely believe I don't believe many things but I believe in my body I believe in women's bodies I believe in you know what our bodies are actually doing science and stuff like that so but a few months ago yeah I was having doubts for sure I mean every day I'd be like doubt I mean yeah doubting everything I did I mean I was I was the person who would set a 10 minute timer every time I sat down because I had to get up every 10 minutes like Mm -hmm. I was crazy y'all so so it's- I have a question, when
2: because like whenever we did our, I think I even did your uh, discovery call because mm-hmm. your mom was on, I love meeting, like, I just feel like I've gotten to meet her family. I've never met her. Lola <laughs> uh, We talk a lot about her. Um <laughs> But you know what I mean? Um, And like, you were definitely like vegan at the time. And I know I approached it softly, but what was your first thought of when I was like, okay, we don't eat meat, but would you consider (laughs) eating fish? Like that first kind of like introduction of like, this is potentially the path it's going to take. Were you like resistant or were you like, man, I'm not going to do that. Like this chick thinks I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> no,
1: like, I am, I am a very determined person. So when I want something like I'm going to work for it. And I knew because wow. I remember I told you, Ashley, I was like, honestly, me being vegan was kind of like the last string of not the last, but one of the strings like holding my eating disorder mm. um, on. So it was just a way for me to restrict and have an excuse to restrict And I remember that was the beginning of August. It was an amazing time in life, honestly. But um, I journaled literally six pages talking about how I was not going to be vegan anymore. (laughs) And I don't know. I mean, this whole experience has been coming back to my roots. And I know, like, I think about it in the way that, okay, my ancestors, like in the Philippines, they're, you know, diving for their fish. Like, I'm not genetically... Made up to be vegan.
0: Like let's be real. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my master class because I have put everything into this. Right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or As a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass.
1: And I was undernourished. Like, I, my bones were cracking, girl. Like, I needed me, I needed fish. I needed everything. So, yeah, I just I kind of came back to um, a more rational thinking, and was like, okay, like nothing bad's gonna happen if I eat the fish. And it was such a blessing because then I got to eat all my cultures food again, which is, I mean, the best part. <laughs> yeah, that was
2: something that was really important to you. That that in your path to being healthy. You have like cut off like your Lola's cooking, you know what I mean? Just everything that you're actually really proud and connected to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Danny has this theory of like, well, it's not a theory. It's probably real. And we're, you know, about of like health, health in quotes for everybody that's listening, being like <laughs> whole mindset where we, you know, like don't ever stop and ask, well. Um, is this actually what I think, what I believe is this logical is, you know, these types of things. And so it's very interesting that I feel like, like deep down, like you were ready to reconnect to like all this really like nutrient dense foods. It's almost like you just needed an excuse.
1: Yeah, totally. It was, I mean, yeah, it felt so much deeper. Like how you said it, deep down, it wasn't it was just so much bigger than me. And it was something I really couldn't deny. So, yeah,
0: mm, you know that's a phrase I've heard a bunch. <clears throat> sorry, in the context of this, is so much bigger than me. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. And I feel like it means something slightly different for everyone, yeah. what does that mean to you?
1: For me, that definitely means healing. The past generations, healing the future generations, like healing my womb and, you know, my younger self from, I mean, I won't get into it, but uh, there is so much trauma to my womb from childhood. And knowing that it's so much bigger than me, I'm like, yeah, this is involving my child self. This is involving, you know, my, the women before me who couldn't express themselves creatively or be loud or be, um, um, you know, like go getters. They like, mm. didn't do that. And then the future generations to know that, yeah, like your body is so sacred, and it's magical. Like, hello, it's pure alchemy. The fact that like we are so magical, we can produce and manifest and like live differently in all these different um, in the four seasons of our menstrual cycle, and so it's just, I knew that it was so much more important. Like it's, it's, you know, it's something, I mean, it's hard to explain, but it just feels important. Like deep down, it's so important.
0: Yeah. So when you, you said a couple of things and when you said, um, I'm like writing them down. Cause like, oh my God, that, that, and that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole, like it's pure alchemy thing it's hot like uh it's magic you know I've heard people kind of be like yeah yeah like I get that it's magical Mm -hmm. but like also just science but no because we still have not been able to like perfectly replicate what the body can do on its own natural devices you know what I mean like yes we have treatments that help people get fertile but it's still not perfect and yeah. yes, we can keep babies alive in the NICU, but have you seen what that involves? And oh, yeah. we, like our body, innately does that. We, it mm-hmm. is the perfect chemist, is the perfect pharmacist that knows how to create the perfect doses out of the perfect things. Our job is just to give it some fuel, you know, yeah. and then it will do the rest. Like it is crazy.
1: Yes. Like we can grow a pair of eyeballs. That's freaking weird.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> when you get your first like when you're pregnant and you go and do the 20 week ultrasound where they like it's the <laughs> longest ultrasound you do and they look at they measure all of the parts to make sure everything's like looking hunky dory and you just see like a full on spine inside <laughs> of your and you're like when did that
1: happen? I know it's freaky. <laughs> I, mean, I love, yeah I love them I mean I totally believe um like to think in from the intellectual and intuitive like I don't think they can exist without the other and so I know calling it you know magical and um can be kind of woo-woo to some people but I mean, it's honestly, it's kind of more fun to like have a cool relationship with the moon as well, like with your cycle. So. <laughs> it's actually yeah.
0: just like also more fun. So
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then also you touched on really quickly that I actually love, and this comes up a lot. So this is just like a little bit, this has probably not a lot to do with your story, but I'm actually the queen of tangents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said something about like I'm Filipino like this is like my culture my heritage like I probably wasn't I'm not a vegan like I'm not designed for that yeah so that actually comes up a lot from me um, in practice with with different people we have clients all over the world right so it's Mm -hmm. actually really interesting to have like clients from more tropical areas and then comparing what they need and what things look like for the ones from like Iceland right yeah and I have had to kind of explain to people like hey you're eating like a lot of lettuce and you're Icelandic and I think you should like just be eating penguin (laughs)
1: literally get some fish
0: in (laughs) you And it's like, uh, obviously not to the like extreme, I'm not like go for like full, ext- like that's probably the next fad diet is like <laughs> eating for your ancestry or whatever. Oh, yeah. But I think, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that like we're all a little different in that way. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why some cultures do do better on a higher carbohydrate or a higher protein or a higher fat. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool that you also, like you really was like, okay, what's everything about me that makes me me? I'm this female and I'm in this life and I have this culture and this is my history and this is what, where I'm going. And this is what science says. And this is what like, woo woo people say. And, and I want to incorporate it all and create like my own opinion on yeah. what I need and what works for me, and I love that about your story.
1: Yeah, completely. Just like really finding who I am and what I who I want to be going forward, for sure. I mean, being fifteen in, a, in it in and of itself is like a whole identity crisis, and then HA on top of it. So
0: job. <laughs> no way, dude. You're good. Uh, okay I want to just check in quickly with Ashley while she's here are there any specific things that you feel like that because I know that you know Kaylin so
2: like what does she need to be telling us So on the back end of things, right. So I love getting this perspective, like her perspective and then my perspective, you know, what what really made her really interesting was that she, so obviously she dove in and she was like, okay, I'm willing to try anything, which was really exciting. Right. So whenever we first started, I mean, she would make the most beautiful meals. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to take pictures of this. We're going to use this on our what what like like website we're gonna put this in all of our things like sweet we are <laughs> on our food blogger like we have it right um i mean gorgeous and so what's interesting is is that we think that we're so different, but we're actually all kind of the same, right? Like I see very much similarities. Like my food used to be so beautiful. It used to be colorful. I have, I put so much effort into it. If I want chopped, I made time to make chopped, you know what I mean? Salad and all these things. And she really dove in. I mean, she would add in meat. She would add in like a whole fish. Like her Lola will make her a giant, you know, fish. And if she put it on there and I'm like, where do I get these meals? Right. And... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. It was just, I was like, where do you get this? Like, this is beautiful. You know what I mean? Like what tropical place are you at? Like what's going on? Um, and her temperatures were really high. She's <laughs> one of those clients that have really wow. high Resting basal body temperatures, mm-hmm. and and it's really interesting because when she dove in, she really did ramp up her food. And so this isn't the first time I've seen it. I've seen this now mm-hmm. with multiple clients. Now, clients that are willing to jump in really, they like they don't start off with the erratic temperatures. They don't start off with the low temperatures. They start off with like like, do you have a slight fever temperature kind of going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you're willing to eat so much. But she was eating so much. And then she hit that point that we all hit where you're like, I can't keep cooking and eating. I'm so full. And like for her, she did have this little identity crisis where she was like, well, what if my meals aren't this beautiful? What if I don't have like, what if I don't have a million veggies? What if my plate isn't just like this abundant, beautiful thing that I was taught that health Looks like, right? And then we really had to get down into this place of like, girl, we just got to get calories in, right? So then, like, we could see this shift of beautiful lashes and then, like, not so cute, just getting the job done. And then she recovered. And now, the important thing that we're at now is now she's like sick of these super kind of probably blander compared to what she was making before. And now we're like incorporating back in like the veggies and the fruits and the things, um, just because that's what she enjoys, but now like returning with like a different mindset. Right. So before it was beautiful volume veggies. Then it was like just nutrient dense, really, you know, and then now we're like transitioning back. And so I just think it's a beautiful picture of like this ebb and flow that like sometimes to recover, we have to step away from what our plate should look like. Yeah. Yes. So it was just beautiful to see that.
1: Yeah. You explained it perfectly. Yeah. (laughs)
2: that was the timeline um
0: I really like seeing and I've seen in myself too yes you go from really meticulously like curating meals Mm -hmm. right to getting over it and which is huge progress whether we know it or not I think sometimes we're like oh you know I'm over this but it's actually good that the novelty is wearing off, and that you're yeah. actually just kind of like, look, like <laughs> food isn't the way of my life. Because in some, way, although food is the spice of life, in some ways it's true, right? And if 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 evolution could have figured out a way for us to get rid of eating and to get rid of sleep, it would have, but it hasn't been able to figure it out. So we just have to do it, and it is in the way uh, of like us doing stuff and having, you know, like. Staying busy. And so, of course, like we found ways to make it fun because it tastes good. But I think there's something just so like normal about most of the time seeing your food as a fuel source and just being like, this will do. And when we are in like starvation or when we're in HA, you know, that food focus you think is normal or you think is just you, but it's a food focus because you're hungry. And as yeah. you become fed. It's kind of more of just a pain in the butt. And that's great.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I thought I was, yeah, letting myself down by not being as hungry or not eating my like five meals a day. Um, But I just, yeah, I realized that exactly the ebb and the flow, like nothing is stagnant and thank God it's not because I mean, life would be boring and I'm so glad I can go back into eating the foods that I genuinely like that make me feel good without a restrictive mindset and just eating because I'm hungry. Yeah, for sure.
2: Awesome. What's interesting is for the certification, I've just been diving in. Leptin keeps popping up. Leptin is gonna be like my life like hormone. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna be that leptin nerd. So there's actually this uh, study that shows that, that uh, f- pleasure from food is not fixed. So, all you who think that you're a foodie, maybe not. It's oh, not,
1: it's so not cool.
2: fixed. So, pleasure from food is not fixed, and it's actually influenced by da 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 leptin, your satiety, like your energy intake, your energy status. That like pleasure from food, so you know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't really know if I'm a actual foodie anymore, but had you asked me back in HA, that would have been like my number one trait. Like <laughs> I'm a foodie. I love food. I love dining out. I love going to fancy, you know, like experiences, like food just a vibe, like a glass of wine, whatever that appetizer, you know what I mean? Like I was, I thought that I was like, honestly loved it. And now I'm like, meh, You know what I mean? I'm like, am I a foodie? Which kind of spirals into this identity crisis. Like, well, what do I really like? (laughs) That everyone has to go through. Like, do I actually really like cauliflower rice? No, I don't. I was just hungry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same thing happened. I mean, yeah, exactly. It all comes back to leptin every time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> when you work with Ashley it always comes back to let those hilarious <laughs> stop but true yeah like uh, realizing how much of what we thought was our personality is actually just like physiology <sighs> when you are fed and only when you're fed can you find out who you really are
1: yeah which is crazy
2: yes mm-hmm. like actually that's probably why we have so much um, relearning, rediscovering, and why this is so quote unquote traumatic is because, like you literally realize all of these habits, behaviors, mindset is actually not me. It was influenced by my self-induced environment, you know what I mean, which brings a whole other level of like weirdness, but, but <laughs> you'll have to like rediscover, you know,
1: yeah totally it's like when you finally start feeding yourself enough to keep you alive then you can finally start living and (laughs) find what you really like what foods you genuinely enjoy and what movement you genuinely enjoy and yeah life has been brighter I'm telling you these past two months like I'm enjoying myself (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah that's this has been great so many just like little nuggets And we can see how just the the process of it for you, Kaylin, It's like it's not really about the period. This for you has been about less like reconnecting with all these different parts of your life. And this is the best. This is why we do this. I love stories about I got my period and I could I could have my baby and that would make me happy. But we extra, extra love, like refinding yourself, rediscovering yourself, and just like getting. Yeah, getting yourself back. Like that's what it's all about. So
1: yeah.
0: I appreciate you sharing this, sharing this story with us. If there was anything that you could share or would say for anyone listening who's still kind of going through all of this goodness, I know what is I'm putting you on the spot with this, but I feel like there's something (laughs) that you would love to share.
1: I think, I mean, I'd love to hear this when I was getting Mm. into a more restrictive lifestyle and diet culture I would have told myself personally that you can live in the most optimal and quote-unquote healthy way when you lived in a when you live in a balanced way and look to your menstrual cycle research about the fact that you are always in a menstrual cycle research Maybe the more woo-woo things like luniception, the way that the moonlight affects our womb, like research the way that leptin affects your hunger cues, research it all. Because if you're anything like, if you're anyone like me, information is like power. And honestly, like, I mean, cyclical living has changed my life. And I know that I'll continue, you know, practicing, fertility awareness method for the rest of my life until menopause do us part like I'm so ready for this life to do
0: fam from 15 to like 50 <laughs> is gonna be like you're gonna have like a decade and a bit on most people so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
2: that's great That that's that great wild I mean like mm. could you imagine how like we done that oh
0: I <laughs> I, yeah, I got it. I I, I got it. that's crazy. I love it. I love it. I love all of it. This is so so good. Kayla, thank you. Thank Ashley, you. Thank you.
1: Thank yeah. you, Danny, for Ashley and Danny for putting resources out there. So many free resources as well. Like for hopefully young girls like me as well who have irregular or missing periods. I mean, yeah, harness your cycle.
0: Yeah. I I love harness them. Yeah. Harness your cycles, guys. All right. (laughs) I like it. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Guys, thanks for joining. And I cannot wait to speak with you all next week. But for now, harness your (laughs) cycles. Bye. 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 Hey there. It's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a Fertility Awareness Method Tracking Option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again we do recommend manual temping but once you're cycling the temp drop is actually a really great hack so it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status like where you are in your monthly cycle so you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups so i personally love this because with a toddler My wake-up times are all over the place, and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the temp drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to Tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety Society. I think, too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for Like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. Rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society.